We're going to talk today about prayer for the persecuted church. And so we're going to, I'm going to share some things. I'm going to show you a couple of videos. And then in the end, we're going to take a little time to pray. And I'll tell you right now, you don't have to pray with anyone out loud if that's not your thing. Um, you have the option to pray on your own or in a, with a few people around you. But I'm, I'm warning you now, we're going to have the opportunity to pray. Without a doubt, what we're, what I'm going to talk about today is, is probably not going to feel all that immediately helpful in your daily life or, or practical. I'm not going to share, you know, three steps to a better marriage or, or five keys for parenting or I'm not even going to give you one amazing trick to make belly fat disappear. I'm not going to do any of that. Right? But what I'm going to talk about today is essential because the body of Christ is a global family. When you trusted Jesus, you were adopted into an international family. So, and even if maybe you're just considering becoming a follower of Jesus Christ, that's important for you to know. But what we're going to talk about and what we're going to see is also important for you to know. When you follow Jesus, your allegiance to him is greater even than your allegiance to your own family and your allegiance to your country. If, if forced to choose between denying Christ or denying family, or denying country, the true believer in Jesus will not deny Christ. Jesus warned you, and he warned me, he warned in his word that to follow him may, it may come at a very high price. In his most famous teaching, what we call the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus, Jesus said this, he said, God blesses you when people mock you, and persecute you, and lie about you, and say all all sorts of evil things against you, because you're my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad. For a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. If you read through Revelation, you can see that that those who who were, uh, were slaughtered for their faith are dressed in white robes. They have a kind of special place. We're not to be surprised... By Christian persecution. We ought to be surprised when we're not persecuted, to be honest. Our freedom and our comfort in the U.S., in in North America, you know, has been an amazing, amazing blessing in so many ways. I'm so thankful. I really am. But honestly, it's also partly why the church is kind of anemic. Um, You know, think of it this way. We have nonstop access to, to Christian books and TV and radio and websites and podcasts and Bible studies. And yet most of us, me included, still struggle to share our faith or to live our Christian life, you know, out loud. Why is that? Why? Could it be we just have it too easy? Could that be part of the problem? We're talking about Christian persecution. Well, what is that? Um, just a couple of thoughts from the Voice of the Martyrs website. They say that according to the Pew Research Center, about 73% of the world's population lives in areas with severe religious restrictions. Now think about that. Three quarters of the world's population does not have the freedom that we have right now in this moment. Now, it's better and worse in various pockets, but even according to the U.S. State Department, Christians in more than 60 countries face persecution from their governments or neighbors simply because of their belief in Jesus Christ. Christian persecution is is what we would say any hostility experienced from the world as a result of one's identification as a Christian. 
This includes everything from verbal harassment and hostility to family rejection, beatings, torture, confinement, isolation, harassment, rape, imprisonment, slavery, discrimination in education, employment, even death. That's what it means for many people, potentially for three quarters. A few stats there on the screen for you to look at. Again, it's not always the case, even in restricted countries. Sometimes it's minor harassment. Other times it's the extremism of, you know, of ISIS or Boko Haram. But not every Christian suffers and not all are rejected. I get that. And, and in many of these places, the church grows. But it's still not easy and it's still restricted. But for those who do suffer for their faith, retaliation is not an option. You can't fight back. Quite the opposite. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, you've heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, this is Jesus speaking, I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. Now, as I mentioned, I'm going to show you two videos. They're about five minutes each. Both are reenacted true stories. And these are meant to motivate us to prayer. Now, I admit, these, these videos are, are perhaps somewhat extreme. Um, I'm, um, you know, maybe a PG-12 or 11 warning might be appropriate. Um, uh, but these are not isolated incidents either. The, the point of these videos is not, now hear me carefully, the point of what I'm going to show you is not meant to turn your heart against the persecutors. What did we just read? Jesus said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. I want to be, just emphasize that. Nor, nor are these meant to disparage people of other religions. We had a good talk about this in staff meeting this week. We said, how do we present this without sort of giving into stereotypes and labeling people? I want to be really careful. Other religions are tools of Satan to draw people into a dead faith of self-righteous works, working hard for your salvation. That's dead religion. And the enemy uses that again and again. And I hate what that does to people. But the people themselves, those who follow other religions themselves, are to be loved in Jesus' name. The persecutors, in these more extreme cases, are captives themselves to the lies of Satan, whose, and Satan's perpetual method is to steal, kill, and destroy the lives of every believer. He's after you too. That's his, that's what he's after. So, but let me say this. You live next to, or you study with, or you work with, or you're friends with, or you're teachers to, or your colleagues with, Muslims and Sikhs and Hindus and Buddhists and others, and I trust you, I trust that you make an effort to understand what they believe and why they believe that. Understand how they got to that place. I also trust that you pray for them to find salvation because salvation is in Christ alone. There's no other name under heaven by which anyone can be saved except for Christ Jesus. So particularly in this part of Fresno where we live, we we have many peaceful Sikh and Muslim and, and Hindu and Buddhist as well, but particularly Sikh and Muslim immigrants and citizens who want peace and they want to live peacefully and be let to live in peace. I do not need to remind you that they are not terrorists. A woman wearing a hijab is not out to get you. Can I, I, I shouldn't need to say that. Um, and those folks revile what extremists have done to their reputation of their religion. If you are a follower of another religion this morning, I want you to know that you are always loved and you are always welcomed in this place. 
I'd love for you to be here, but I'm also always going to tell you that Jesus is the only way for you to be saved. He's the only way to eternal salvation. He alone died for your sin. He alone rose again to life to prove that, that death is destroyed forever. He alone made it possible for you to be forgiven and free for all eternity. So church, these videos are important for the stories in them, for the content of the story. They take place in other countries, but they could just as easily in another time happen here. So I want you to pay attention to the heart and the story of the featured storyteller in the story, not not the persecutors that you'll witness. So we're going to, the first one it takes place in India, and it's simply called Suda. Here's what the writer to the Hebrews said. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping Him with holy fear and awe. For our God is a devouring fire. Keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers, for some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. And remember those in prison as if you were there yourself. Remember also those being mistreated as if you felt their pain in your own bodies. As a follower of Jesus, you are a citizen of the kingdom of God. As we sang this morning, it's an unshakable kingdom. There are no elections. It's not subject to constitutional amendments, military coups, or street protests. God's kingdom is unshakable, secure, permanent, eternal. And with believers around the world, we are safe and secure in that kingdom. But the enemy does his shaking. He seeks to shake us. He, according to the, this passage, the believer's response is fourfold. We're to worship God. In fear and in awe. We're to love each other. We're to show hospitality, even to strangers. And we're to remember those who are suffering for their faith. In other words, we fight back with worship, with love, with care, and with prayer. Now, until Jesus returns, the enemies of the cross will do everything that they can. To destroy the message of the gospel. To shake as much as, as they can. This month of November is, is given, in, in uh, many parts of the, the Christian world, is given to remember Christians who are being persecuted and mistreated for the gospel. Now, I also want to say there are amazing stories, particularly coming out of the Middle East these days. In spite of of the complete annihilation and destruction of, of church buildings in places like, like Afghanistan or, or the intense persecution of believers in Iraq, in Iran, in Syria, in some North African countries and many other places. Um, many, in particular Muslims, are turning to faith in Christ. Many who have been sort of nominal Muslims have, have found Jesus to be true found Jesus to be real. He appears to them in dreams and visions or they, they encounter the gospel, they encounter a Christian. So the churches, in many ways, are growing even without buildings. In fact, in some of these places, they can't even gather openly. 
They can't construct church buildings or they can, but they can just never get a building permit for it, as often happens in Cuba. One of the reasons we feel uh, such an urgency to partner with the emerging Mennonite Brethren churches in the Philippines, particularly in Baguio City, Philippines, which we we talked about uh, last week, the city that has a population similar to Fresno, is that the Organization of Islam with Saudi oil money has been making a concerted push into Baguio City to establish themselves firmly in each of the, uh, the, the, their goal is to put a mosque in each of the 128 neighborhoods, barangays as they call them there, 128 neighborhoods throughout that city. And they use money to, to um, convert people. They, they give them free loans if they'll convert and so on. And we feel an urgency to, to have a presence of the gospel in the face of that, in face of that push. People need Jesus, not Muhammad. So we are working to make Christ Jesus there. I make Jesus known there as well as here. Verse three of what we just read says, remember those in prison in the context. The writer of Hebrews is speaking, particularly those believers who are imprisoned for their faith. Although it's a good idea to remember anyone in prison, but remember those in prison as if you were there yourself. Remember also those being mistreated as if you felt their pain in your own bodies. What a concept. What a, what a, what a thought to try to, Feel that pain. Today, we're attempting to do that. And at the end of the message, like I said, we're going we're gonna to pray for the persecuted and for the persecutors. And I'll give you some practical ways to get involved, such as letter writing. But I, I'm going to make this even more personal for a moment. As I introduce the second video, namely this, the Lord might call you to go. Across the street. Across the world. He may call you to go where it's potentially hostile to the gospel. It might be something like, um, you know, uh, boy, John Raymond, you're sitting here. I think about your work with Hope Now for Youth and along with Roger Menezi and to, to go to the hostile world of, of the gang world to bring the gospel to these guys who, when they experienced the love of Jesus, responded. You, you might be called to, you know, you know, you know, as an example, um, I'll call her Miss Sarah, someone from our church who's preparing to serve the Lord in Central Asia with, with our denominational mission, MB mission. Now, at this time, it, Turkey is a relatively safe country with good opportunities for careful evangelism, but people have, believers have lost their lives in Turkey as well. They've been slaughtered there as well. I've told you about my, my parents a number of times who in their retirement took many trips to closed countries, including Iran, bringing in forbidden Bibles and other resources to Christians. Maybe less risky in the sense that they probably wouldn't be imprisoned, but still sacrificial. Finally, if, if you're not a believer in Jesus yet, or maybe you're struggling in your faith, I want you to just really listen closely to this story of Hannah Lee and see what great faith looks like. If you're not a follower of Jesus, part of the problem is you probably haven't seen anybody who's just really living it for Jesus. I want you to, to, to watch this. this. This woman, is she's ordinary. She's South African. She's a doctor. And, and she, with her family, listened to call, God's call in their life to, to witness and make disciples in a restricted country. They knew the risks. 
But their love for God and their love for the Afghan people compelled them to go. They were there for 12 years in, in relatively good conditions until something very drastic happened. So as you watch this, I want you to watch with a, with a love and a compassion for both the people of the story, but even for the persecutors. This is called Hanali. Well, we are, we are privileged to be part of the global body of Christ. And if you're a believer in Jesus, Jesus by his Holy Spirit lives in you. And God, by his great wisdom, has us partner with him by praying. And he uses our prayers. And they really do make a difference. So this morning, we're going to pray. The first prayer point we have here this morning is to pray for believers in restricted areas. So we're going to pray uh, that they are protected as they gather that they are actually able to gather. We're going to pray that they have access to God's word, his life-giving word, the Bible. And we're going to pray that all their needs will be provided for. So right now, we'll go straight into prayer. I encourage you to take, uh, just turn around to two or three others around you. Join in a group, and for one to two minutes, we will pray. You can also pray on your own. So we'll go ahead and pray at this time. We are also going to pray this morning for those who are persecutors. Jesus said, love your enemies and pray for those that persecute you. So we want to pray that the gospel would be irresistible to people that are persecuting others. We want to pray that their hearts would be softened. And we know this happens as they witness the reaction of those that they're persecuting. We also want to pray that persecutors will encounter Jesus in whatever way Jesus wants to make that happen, whether through dreams, visions, or even through uh, Christian media, which is happening all around the Middle East and, and Asia as well. So let's pray for those who are persecutors this morning. Again, go directly into prayer with your group or on your own. Finally, we want to pray this morning for those who are imprisoned or are in hiding. We want to pray that uh, their witness would be strong in every circumstance that they face, want to ask that the Lord would give them favor with the authorities, that the authorities would even come to know Jesus, that they could be freed. And finally, pray for their children, their spouses, their family, that all their needs will be met. We know the writer of Hebrews says that we need to think about those in harm's way as if we were there ourselves. We're all connected as the global body of Christ. So let's go ahead and go into prayer once again for those who are imprisoned. Would you join me as I close in prayer? Father, we just thank you that your kingdom is unshakable. Jesus, we thank you that you will inherit the nations, that all nations will come to faith in you, Lord, that people from every nation will be represented in eternity. Lord, we pray for those of our brothers and sisters in Christ in challenging areas, both here and beyond, that you would empower them, that you would be with them. We also pray for their persecutors, Lord, that they would come to know you, Lord, that opposition is nothing to you, Lord. You can bring anyone to faith in you. We pray that you would accomplish this in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, you have a choice. You can walk out of here really discouraged, really depressed, or you can walk out of here excited about the power of the gospel to change lives. You can, you can walk out of here excited that there's believers who have found this to be so true they would give everything and anything to follow Jesus. You, you can walk out of here knowing that, that your prayers matter. Your letter writing, letter writing matters. You, you can walk out of here knowing that the day's going to come you're going to get to meet some of these people before the throne of Jesus. Isn't that cool? So I want you to be encouraged by those things. If you're wondering 
is there is there more ways I can learn? I've made um, some copies of a of a magazine from Voice of the Martyrs. I've got two stacks of them here on the front corner of the stage. I encourage you to take one of those. Um, it's just a, it's a good introductory uh, periodical. They they do send these out I think every month or every other month. But this one is just sort of a sample um, that you could make available, um, avail yourself of. We're entering a really great season here at Bethany Church, and we want it to we want it to matter that we're here in this neighborhood, in this community, whether it's getting to know folks over Thanksgiving, whether it's inviting people to journey to Bethlehem. Um, we have great opportunities to live out our faith while we have the freedom to do so. Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, I just want to pass this final greeting from the Apostle Paul who said, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every situation. The Lord be with you all. Amen.